Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Trump is back out there giving speeches. We're going to break down a couple things he said, and I have a different take on some of the things he said. Buckle up for this one on I'm Right. 
Remember, I am not the one trying to undermine American democracy. I'm the one that's trying to save it. Please remember that. Okay, Donald Trump is back. That was him giving a speech to the North Carolina GOP. And just before I get to all this, I need to explain something. Because I'm going to play you some clips of some things he said. But there are some things I need to get out right off the bat. One, as you know, I voted for the man twice. The first time, very, very held, very much held my nose to vote for him. I thought he was a disaster. I thought he was going to be a disaster. This is before he became president. But, I mean, who wants Hillary Clinton? So I voted for Donald Trump. Donald Trump promptly gets into office, and he was outstanding. Donald Trump floored me, absolutely shocked me with how good he did as president of the United States. Maybe I shouldn't have been shocked. That's obviously on me. Deregulated the economy. His foreign policy was absurdly good. He's one of the great foreign policy presidents in the history of the United States of America. And so, leading up to the second election, there was no more holding my nose. I, I cast an, as an enthusiastic vote for Donald Trump as I ever have for anybody in my life at time. And frankly, more enthusiastic. Thrilled to vote for him, was totally bummed, and am still bummed that he lost. Wish he was still there for a second term. So I don't want to act like I'm some longtime Trump hater. But, as you well know, I don't pull punches for anyone on the show. I have two humongous problems with Donald Trump. One, the spending. He signed every single gigantic swampy spending bill that crossed his desk without a second thought, all the while threatening he wouldn't sign the next one and then promptly sign the next one. But I realize nobody cares about spending but me, but it was just an issue I had. That's one and two. And this is the big, big, big one. And this is going to apply to tonight when we talk about a few things, when we talk about whether I think Trump should run again, whether you think Trump should run again. The big issue that is undeniable, Donald Trump's personnel decisions were, I mean, bad is not, that doesn't go near far enough. Embarrassing? Disastrous? You hire Omarosa to be with you in the White House. There's just no excuse for that. Remember Anthony Scarmucci was press secretary for like five and a half seconds? It's the Donald Trump, the people he surrounded himself with were just dreadful. And so that's going to be a common theme tonight as we go through Donald Trump's speech. Because look, you and I do have a decision to make. I've said a million times, you know, you and I don't decide elections, right? Not general elections. The average Joe Schmo who doesn't get informed on anything, he watches the news for five seconds a night, he's the one who decides general elections. However, there's a caveat to that. We do decide primaries. You and I, we are the primary voters out there. We are going to have to decide, potentially, who we want our presidential nominee to be. And look, I'm not naive. I still like the man. Like I said, I wish he was still president. If Donald Trump runs for president again, he's going to be the nominee. It's not like any of us have the power to stop that, or even maybe should, but in order to do better going forward, you and I have to properly assess what happened, right? You have to do that in your own life, and that's not fun, is it? Oh, man, I'm a little too fat. Maybe, maybe that was too much chips and queso. Nah, couldn't have been me. You know what I mean. It hurts to self-assess. Nevertheless, let us self-assess. Self-assessment issue number one, well, here's Donald Trump blasting Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, who I actually got along with, he's a nice guy, he's a great promoter, you know? Not a great doctor, but he's a hell of a promoter. He likes television more than any politician in this room, and they like television. But he's been wrong on almost every issue. And he was wrong on Wuhan and the lab also, very wrong. But generally speaking, I went the opposite way of Dr. Fauci, what he was saying. For instance, Fauci said, do not close our borders to China or Europe. But I did it anyway. Fauci said powerfully at the beginning, no masks. You remember that? No, masks don't work, masks don't work. And then he went into masks, and then he became a radical masker. 
Setting aside the charisma and the fact that watching him speak makes me miss him. I, I get that. I, you're probably going through it, too. Setting aside all that, and we enjoy Donald Trump, and he makes us laugh. Dr. Fauci worked for Donald Trump. Dr. Fauci was in front of the camera, as Donald Trump just pointed out, a lot. He was in front of the camera a lot because Donald Trump put him in front of the camera a lot. You... I want you to understand this. You don't know Dr. Fauci's name without Donald Trump. You realize that, right? He's another nameless, faceless government bureaucrat you've never heard of before. Donald Trump chose to feature Dr. Fauci. Donald Trump chose to, in the beginning, lean on Dr. Fauci for all the coronavirus guidance. Remember the ridiculous, absurd two weeks to slow the spread? Just shut down the country. We'll just, we'll just hit pause on the economy. I'm sure it's like a movie where we can just hit unpause and it starts working again. That happened under Donald Trump. Now, again, I'm not crushing the man. I'm not. I'm really not. But I'm talking about going forward. Going forward. I need more than bashing Dr. Fauci. Oh, that's the sexy thing. Now, you remember there was me and about one other person in the beginning said, don't lock down an economy. Are you out of your mind? And who or why are we listening to this guy? There was like one or two of us in the country that said that. And Donald Trump wasn't one of the other ones. But now, this is what happens. Now it's easy, right? Now it's, oh, oh, they don't like Fauci anymore. After I, luck, I licked my finger and stuck it in the wind, Ooh, they don't like it. Now everybody's on the bash Fauci bandwagon, right? Lockdowns, that's ridiculous. I remember when you were president and you were all about them. I know that's harsh, but it's true. And the truth is, the reason I'm being harsh is because we need Donald Trump's mentality in the White House. We need his mentality on a lot of things, probably no things more important than China. But Fauci has perhaps never been more wrong than when he denied the virus and where it came from. The time has come for America and the world to demand reparations and accountability from the Communist Party of China. We should all declare within one unified voice that China must pay. They must pay. Okay, that's good. We need that kind of mentality back in the White House, calling out China, going after them by name. That's why I'm being harder tonight than I normally am on the former president, because we need him there, and we can't have these mistakes. We can't have them. We can't have the ultimate Republican problem. You know what that problem is? And this applies to Donald Trump as well as pretty much all of them. Getting to the right stance on an issue the exact second it becomes too late to do anything about it. You remember the whole George Floyd stuff? Well, I'll tell you what, I want you, I want you to watch Donald Trump here, and then we're going to have another Frank talk. Our country is being destroyed before our very own eyes. Crime is exploding. Police departments are being ripped apart and defunded. Can you believe that? Defund our, is that good politics? Defund our police? Number one, it's bad for our country, but think of it. Defund our police. You know, I've long said they're polyous, they're vicious, they're violent, they in many cases hate our country, and they have bad policy. And he's right there. I mean, look, this past weekend, they're still burning down cities like Minneapolis. He's right there. Right? Again, we need that. He's right. Good, good. I also remember this. I remember in the wake of George Floyd's death, I remember Donald Trump speaking a lot, endlessly, about Antifa. Do you remember major corporations running ads promoting Antifa? Do you remember the entire system promoting Antifa by name? Still seeing Antifa t-shirts out there? No, you do not. Why? because they were all busy promoting Black Lives Matter, all of them.
You can still see it to this day. I remember Sony put out a Black Lives Matter PlayStation. Black Lives Matter t-shirts and Black Lives Matter billboards and Black Lives Matter this and Black Lives Matter that and Black Lives Matter hashtags. My own idiot pastor at the time's up there. Black Lives Matter. All this idiotic stuff. Black Lives Matter is the homegrown domestic terrorist group that's been looting, burning, and murdering people in this country for over a year and in the wake of George Floyd's death, when Black Lives Matter was torching this country, Donald Trump wouldn't say them by name. Oh, I realize he does now. I realize he does now. Like I said, now that it's too late. But when the time was to discredit Black Lives Matter, the personnel around Donald Trump said, you can't criticize Black Lives Matter. We're trying to get the black vote. What if we what if we don't get the black vote? What if you make black people mad? You have to be Mr. Black People. So shh, don't worry about that domestic terrorist group. It's all about the black vote. Calm down. We'll just talk about Antifa. Okay, well, ignoring that problem, ignoring that problem, that's why cities are still burning. Because again, in the beginning, when it was hard and nobody else wanted to take that stance. I was standing here screaming at you, Black Lives Matter is a bunch of vile, murderous scum. Our politicians didn't say that then. And this is not a Trump bashing session. We need his ideas back in there, specifically his ideas on things like critical race theory. The Biden administration has also issued regulations to indoctrinate America's school children with poisonous and divisive left-wing doctrines such as critical race theory and exact opposite of the American belief that we all are created equal in the holy image of God. Uh, we have uh, a group of people, I don't know where they come from, but it's terrible. The Republicans at every level should move immediately to ban critical race theory in our schools. And we should ban it in workplaces, we should ban it in our states, and we should ban it in the federal government, and it should be done immediately. One hundred percent right. We need that mentality back there from whoever. We're never going to get that mentality back there if we're a day late and a dollar short on every issue and if our personnel decisions involve us hiring morons. I didn't mean for this to be some long anti-Trump thing. I didn't. I'm simply saying whether it's Donald Trump next time or Heavy D or Ted Cruz or whoever it may be, whoever it is has to look at the past and learn. You ate too much chips and queso. Don't do that or you're going to get fat again. That's the bottom line. Now, another reason we need him back there is the absolute media meltdown. The way he... Look, you understand journalists are the second worst people in America, right? Right after American professors. These people are absolutely detestable. And the way he had them melting down online, they're saying he has dementia. They're, they're, they're talking about his pants and how he wears them. It was just, it was an embarrassing, embarrassing display of the American press. So look, that, but look, the reason, look, the American people, we have new numbers. More than half of Americans don't trust the media. 56% believe journalists are trying to purposely mislead people. And 58% of the people think most news organizations support a political position. Oh, social media? Trust is at an all-time low, 27%. So we need someone out there who's going to attack these things. We do. We do. We have to do better next time. There will be a next time. We must do better, whether that's Donald Trump or someone else. Uh, all that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. And we have our man Ken LaCourt coming up next. He's going to break down America's media for us. But first, I don't like how people talk to others who are dipping tobacco or smoking tobacco. What I mean by that is, what, this is what I hear so often. And it's probably just because I dipped forever and I understand what it's like. This is what I hear so often. Ah, uh, you need to quit. Oh, why don't you quit? That's bad for you. But that doesn't work. That doesn't work with anybody. Stop doing that. Instead of pointing fingers, instead of nagging, instead of lecturing, how about you present that person with an actual solution? Jake's Mint Chew is the solution. It's what works. You can keep your routine. Put that dip in. That's fine. 
Make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. Tobacco-free, nicotine-free, it's even sugar-free. It will get you off the bad stuff. So next time, instead of a lecture, Jake's Mint Chew. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. We'll be back. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. You ever notice when uh, he had a hard time going up the stairs in the plane? Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks. The news didn't cover Not one network covered it. Now, when I made the best speech I've ever made, they said it was at West Point, and it was pouring, and I had a ramp that was an ice skating rink, and I called, I said to the general, I said, General, I may have to grab you, because the last thing I'm doing is going down. <laughs> so I walked gingerly down. That was on every newscast in the world, and I never went down either. I never went on my ass, I'll tell you. I wasn't gonna fall. That's Donald Trump comparing the media coverage of himself to the media coverage of Joe Biden falling up the stairs. All right. Joining me now, the man with the Media Action Network, the man with LaCourt News, which I would highly recommend. Ken LaCourt. Ken, uh, all right, I missed the charisma. I opened up the show and said, look, I missed the charisma. I, I, look, I missed the patriotism. I don't miss the disastrous personnel decisions. I, I, I hear all this tearing on Fauci. Fauci was his guy. I hear tearing on critical race theory. Donald Trump didn't utter a word against Black Lives Matter for a long time because he wanted to be Mr. Black people. All I'm saying is next time, whether it's Trump or someone else, we got to be better and smarter. Ah, that just uh, took you off of the Trump team forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, I mean, Trump was a, it was a flawed delivery who was genius in some ways, one of the best in some ways politicians I've seen in my lifetimes. And in some ways, a complete train wreck. And and it was that mishmash that uh, that made him both appealing and horrific, depending on on the American. He says a lot of stupid things. He accomplished things that no other president has done, and pushed things through the administration that I've I've never seen done. So he was a mixed bag. You you know more. You've forgotten more about this stuff than I'll ever know. You're always a good source of wisdom for it. So help me understand this. I don't think Donald Trump is some idiot. I do think he is in some ways a genius. And the things he accomplished, like you mentioned, are incredible. He might be the greatest foreign policy president of all time. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, especially for a four-year stretch. The things he did were incredible. How can you be that good at that? You know, deregulating the economy, foreign policy, and yet you can't hire, uh, you, you turn around and hire Omarosa. How, what, merge those worlds. How's that possible? 
Look, I think that um, um, part of his genius was being a little bit crazy, right? Part of his genius was starting a, was was coming down the escalator and saying, you know, those Mexicans, a lot of them are robbers and rapists and bad people. <laughs> uh, look, he 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 has got, you know, he understands the levers of power, but and 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 uh, better better than most people and how to use leverage. Um, He's also a bigger narcissist than most politicians, which is saying a lot. He's got a little bit of, I hate, you know, I, I, I'd vote for him again, but he's got sociopathic tendencies. I mean, I mean, you know, he, he understands how to get things done, but also kind of sometimes those negative things work for him. Um, uh, look, I never thought I would see a presidential candidate insult the looks of the wives of his opponents and not be drummed out of the race. Do you remember when he did that? It was like, look at my wife. She's pretty and yours is a fat cow. And it was just like, oh, Jesus. Um, but, you know, like everything in life, you take the good with the bad, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, I think he was a great president. I'd vote for him again in a heartbeat. I just, I need something tightened up. So Ken the court has his perfect world. You get to choose the Republican nominee next time to face off against Kamala Harris because nobody's dumb enough to think she's face, he's facing off against Joe Biden. Who is it? Well, first of all, I don't necessarily think it'll be Kamala Harris. I think that uh, if, I mean, she might mm -hmm. be the president by then, but doesn't mean she has to win the nomination. I mean, not every, you know, it's it's not an automatic win when, when you're somebody who's as dingy as our, as our current vice president is. Um, hold, so on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause, pause for one sure. second, Ken. Pause for one second. The the man I credit as being one of the smartest political people on earth actually thinks the top top down run Democratic Party that controls everyone with an iron fist would allow a challenger to their sitting president. Not a chance. You're crazy. You think so? Yeah. Well, look, I, I don't I don't buy that top down notion as, as you know, I don't believe that there's this secret cabal there that that they decide who gets to do this. I mean, you know, clearly there are power centers. We saw them at play. We saw them in the superdelegates. We saw them when look, I mean, Joe Biden was humming along at, at you know, a comfortable fifth place running for president. And it wasn't that the cabal picked it out. It was I think that a lot of Democrats, including just a lot of normal ones, were like, Oh, we can't nominate Bernie because because then Trump will 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 destroy us. We can't nominate some of these idiots on top of 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 him. And and so I think that it, it was a combination of some of those powerful forces. But I, you know, every time I look for the secret room, I, I've never found it in, in in any political party. So okay, yeah, no, I think that enough. Kamala Harris will face if let, let's assume, you know. Let's just say Joe Biden decides not to run again. She's the sitting vice president, possibly the sitting president. She's got a lot more power if she's sitting president. But if she's sitting vice president, mm, not, not sure she she necessarily wins that nomination. And to answer your other question, I don't have a perfect choice for it. I mean, we've seen a, you know, I mean, you know, DeSantis is certainly somebody that's that's gathering a little bit of steam. Um, you know, I think that uh, that Ted Cruz is looking a little bit less like the used car salesman that he so often comes across as. Because um, he's smart and he's he's got a lot of interesting things to say, but uh, you know we got we got a little bit of time. I mean, the person who's really making this call, or at least who's going to screw it up or run again himself, is Donald Trump, and he might be the best candidate for us again. He might be, and look, I like I've admitted, everyone knows that Donald Trump's the nominee if he runs again. Let me ask you about Ted Cruz real quick, because look, I'll be honest with you, he's a personal friend. I love Ted Cruz. I'm a Cruz guy. I understand. He doesn't come off well to the public. I've never been able to describe why. Why, Ken? Because he comes across like a used car salesman, a cheap one, one who has a Bible on him. I mean, you know, and it was and it was the slick back hair. It was the the yeah, 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 tenor of his voice. I mean, he he doesn't come across as somebody who's speaking for America. He comes across often. And and again, I think he's gotten better, so I don't want to overstate it. He often comes across as the really smart Harvard Law graduate who's trying to manipulate the system and play everybody against each other so he can be president. And 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 while they all might be being manipulative and trying to be smart and playing that, you you can't look like you're doing that. And he and he just often did. So it was a combination of his of his upper voice and 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 just kind of looks. So Fair enough. That's, that's reality.
I'm looking at a headline here from a website. Maybe you've heard of it's called LaCourtNews.com. Yeah, Maybe you've heard of this press. Anyway, they do have a headline there called WAPO Publisher Slams Unprecedented Assault, Unprecedented Assault on the Media by Biden DOJ. Ken, the Washington Post is whining about Joe Biden. What's happening? You know, um, at the fundamental basis of it, the press still surrounds themselves and wraps themselves in the cloak of the government can't look into us, the government can't do any investigations, and and there's something very, very good about that. I mean, I mean, look, even even back in the day when, when, uh, um, uh, when, wh- which president was before our last president, Obama, excuse me, was 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 investigating Fox News and whatnot, even though the other guys hated Fox News at the at the time when when they were pulling phone records of one of our reporters that there was some you know the, the media finally comes together when they believe that their their that their rights or their special rights are under attack the reality is though they're 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 all functioning so much as political as as political adversaries these days they've kind of helped dig their own grave Ken, on that note i have said this repeatedly and people think i'm nuts or that i'm advocating for it and i'm not i have said within 10 years if not next cycle the Republican side would absolutely nominate somebody who promises to jail journalists in this country for an extended period of time. And people think I'm nuts, but it goes right along with what you're just saying. I think, I think the right is, is going to go more what we've been accused of a thousand times, fascist, in response to how nakedly aggressive the communists on the left have become. Am I nuts? <laughs> Uh, you may not be nuts, but I sure hope you're wrong. I mean, when we decide yeah, to I throw out some fundamental values because of our politics, that's when the country really starts to unravel. If, if you know, and it, and it's as a, as a conservative, it's been a tough few years because you've seen the effectiveness of cancel culture, you've seen the nastiness of the left, and and the the nods and and full-throated use of censorship. Donald Trump forbidden for two more years off of Facebook, like like they're like they're a a, a jury de- de- deciding that this rapist has has to serve more time in jail. It's awful. And and we can decry that and it's and it and I get from a conservative point of view, and sometimes I believe it, they need a taste of their own medicine. They need to be canceled, they need to be fired when they say stupid things. But we also have to be careful in, in any kind of a war that you don't become the enemy that you're that you're trying to squash. Ken Gord, everybody. Ken, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you. Good to be here, Bob. Home title lock is not a joke. Home title lock is your defense. It's your defense against home title theft. These guys, there's not one or two criminals. Uh, this guy, this guy's doing hard federal time, and he's telling you right here, he's telling you how easy it is. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. It's that bad. And I can't stress this enough. Law enforcement doesn't have a handle on it. Your only defense is Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code RADIO gets you 30 free days. We'll be back. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. 
That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. You keep seeing them. You get people asking for money at Tractor Supply, at Sonic. I mean, we have issues. And we're asked now that at what point can I shoot them? And I said, and I promised, I told you all that I wouldn't say that, but it, it, it scares me. You know, and I gave you a story about my kids. Uh, people feel scared. They're threatened. And, 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 you know, I don't know. I mean, again, we're sitting here going back and forth, but the people that could actually make the decision and fix this, you can't bend their ear. You can't get them to come to you. That's a Del Rio County judge. We are getting desperate down here in Texas. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is, of course, my friend Chuck DeVore, former assemblyman in California, and he's now the vice president of national initiatives at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Chuck, uh, it's not getting better. I realize the media coverage is getting turned down, but it's not getting better down here at all. It's not, and it's about to get a lot worse. Um, President Biden is about to lift the Title 42 restrictions that President Trump put on the border. What's Title 42? Well, those are the restrictions uh, due to the pandemic, due to COVID-19, that limited uh, certain types of cross-border activity, limited certain types of applications for, for example, uh, am or not amnesty, but uh, um, you know, when, when people come across the border and they seek um, uh, to, to allow Asylum. it to be stayed in the U.S. Uh, and, and so now that's going to lift in the next uh, in, in the next week or two. Uh, and people fear that that's going to, uh, once again, double the traffic across the border. Okay, what at a time like this when I'm assuming this is a scandal for the administration, I mean, in, in any sane world it would be, why would, why would they lift that at this point in time? Well, I think partially because they promised to, uh, right? Um, the, these individuals applying for asylum, of course, as we know, uh, most of them get turned away because... Uh, their asylum claims don't meet U.S. law. They're not persecuted because of their political beliefs or their religion or because they're uh, some sort of an ethnic minority, uh, but rather they're just coming from a country that's in bad shape right now. And so uh, what, we're, what we're seeing, Jesse, and here's, here's the particularly pernicious part of this, is that the Border Patrol is being told to move people along as quickly as possible. They used to issue what, what was known as notices to appear, and, and that was, hey, you know, you have to appear before an immigration judge at this place at this time. Uh, in 2017, about 42%, as I recall, did not appear. So a little over half actually did make, make the appointment. Jesse, now they're doing what's called notice to report. And what that is, is it's a form that's not even authorized under law that simply tells the, the would-be immigrant uh, that they have to report to Immigrations and Customs Enforcement at a certain place when they get to where they're going. And so that allows uh, Border Patrol to quickly process people because they don't have to do any coordination with a judge. Uh, they uh, frequently then avoid any sort of biometrics, uh, fingerprinting, DNA testing, anything like that. And they move them along immediately so we don't have large numbers of people building up on the border just in case the major media wants to take a look. There's no problem, right? Nothing to see here. It's just move people along to the interior as quickly as possible. Chuck, when you say interior, can you elaborate on that for me just a little bit? I, I mean, are, are they dropping them off in my neighborhood? Which cities? Are they all Texas? Where are they taking these people? So supposedly what's happening is uh, they find out where they have relatives or a quote-unquote sponsor. Now, of course, the sponsor could just as easily be a human trafficker who is collecting the last part of what is owed to the drug cartel, to the human smuggling cartel, uh, in a, an arrangement that would be known in other times as involuntary servitude or even slavery. Uh, so in some cases, these are people linking up with relatives, uh, some of whom might be legal residents, some of whom might be naturalized citizens, uh, some of whom might be here illegally. And in other instances, they're being linked up with human traffickers uh, to work off the last bit of what they owe the, the cartel for smuggling them across the border. Okay. Okay. So now, the bottom line is, uh, Jesse, the, everywhere in the country, 
Yeah, I was just about to say, it sounds like they're just shotgunning these people all across America. This could be, it really could be in my backyard, right? They most likely are. Uh, at the current rate that we're seeing, it would not shock me if some 3 million people come across the border this year alone, which to put in perspective would be approximately one out of every 100 people in America by the end of the year would be someone who illegally migrated to America in 2021 alone. Good grief. All right, we have, we have uh, it, it's been, it's a miracle, Chuck. Ch Kamala Harris, the border czar, has actually discovered the location of the southern border. Now, she crossed right over it, and she went down into Guatemala, where she wasn't exactly greeted that warmly. Why wasn't she greeted that warmly? I saw signs down there saying, go home, Kamala, and Trump won, and everything else. Right, well, uh, the vice president uh, blamed uh, the migration surge to our border, uh, firstly on uh, climate change, of course. Uh, and <laughs> interestingly enough, the president of Guatemala said, no, actually, it's that you abandoned Trump's uh, policies and had nothing to replace it with. So uh, already the vice president finds herself in a bit of a diplomatic uh, tiff. Okay, Chuck, uh, we have now a Republican mayor in McAllen, Texas. For those of you, I understand we, we have national viewers here. Uh, I go dove hunting in McAllen, Texas every year. It is practically in Mexico. They don't elect Republicans. We now have a Republican mayor in McAllen, Texas. Why? Well, for a lot of different reasons, uh, Jesse. I mean, first of all, it's a consequential city, right? It's about 145,000 people. It's not a small city. It's 85% Hispanic. Uh, it voted approximately plus 15% for Biden uh, in 2020. But what's important is that McAllen, like most of the counties along the border with Mexico, saw a huge shift toward President Trump in the 2020 elections. In fact, in one of the counties uh, that went for Clinton last time, uh, Trump won the county. And so uh, what I believe you're seeing is this seismic shift all along the border with Mexico among uh, people who are considered Tejanos. These are people who often have roots in the area that go back hundreds of years. And culturally, uh, th this is not a liberal group of people. These are conservatives. Uh, and I think that what we're likely going to see in Southern Texas in the very near future uh, is wholesale changing of, of, of partisan identification from Democrats to Republicans. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if what we're seeing in this mayoral election is the first among many uh, victories for Republicans or shifts where you have individuals that come out and announce that they can no longer be a Democrat and they're now going to run as a Republican. Now, Chuck, you brought up cultural, and I'll be honest with you, I don't, by the grace of God, hang out with political people here in Houston. I just hang out with normal people when I'm not on the TV or radio, and my best buddy's Mexican. And I talk to him about this a lot. Now, he's a hardcore Republican, but he tells me, he says his extended family, almost always Democrat, they are drifting to the right specifically because of culture, because they don't recognize the trans insanity, all this other straight, that, that stuff is completely foreign to them. They don't like it and they won't support it. Is that what your poll numbers are showing? Well, I think you're onto something there. Uh, you know, again, when you think of culture and you think of, for example, uh, values of life, you know, the issue of abortion, uh, when you think of uh, whether or not people go to church or mass and how the elite of the Democrat Party frankly look down uh, quite often on individuals who have a, a walk of faith in their life. And so on issue after issue, the price of energy, right, energy policy and how that affects people who are trying to make ends meet. Uh, defund the police, that's a big one. Uh, so I think on issue after issue, you have a largely uh, white progressive left vanguard that is leading the Democrat Party away from where uh, these individuals are. And, and frankly, I think it's just a matter of time, right, that these individuals who are uh, on the border counties are likely going to start turning Republican in a similar way that you saw rural Democrats in the 70s and 80s uh, turn Republican in Texas. People like Phil Graham or Rick Perry who started their political lives as Democrats and then flipped in the late 70s or early 80s. 
Well, Chuck, I have a headline written by a guy in The Federalist. His name's also Chuck DeVore. And the headline is, New Poll finds all these people moving to Texas aren't going to be voting for Democrats. What are you talking about? Well, that's an interesting thing that we've been working on. So we did a poll a little over a year or two ago that, that looked at, you know, who, do you, who did you vote for, Clinton or Trump, back in 2016, and were you born here or were you a native? And we found a modest uh, uh, tilt towards Trump among people who moved to Texas, about a plus five over the natives. But that wasn't good enough. So what I wanted to do was have some granularity. I wanted to, to actually ask, where were you born, right? Not just whether you were not born in Texas, but were you born in California or Utah or New York or something like that? And so we polled for four months in 2021, uh, and we ended up polling something on the order of 2,900 people, which gave us enough to have some granularity down at the state level. And what we saw was that people coming from the Mountain West, uh, they were most conservative. In fact, as I recall, Jesse, your path to Texas came via Arizona. I don't know if you were born there, uh, but I know at one time you were there. And so the Mountain West was the most conservative, uh, followed by the four-state region of Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, and Mississippi. Number third, three, sh shockingly perhaps for Texans, was California. Uh, California was also more conservative than were the native Texans. On the other end of the ledger, uh, people coming from the South Atlantic, from D.C. down to uh, Florida, were uh, plus nine more for Biden than natives were as were people who were born over, overseas or in Puerto Rico. So, so these are, are people, for example, coming up from Mexico or Central America or South America, Europe, Asia, or Puerto Rico. They were also plus nine for Biden. But here's the kicker. Among the people who were moving here from international locations, they were uh, more moderate and less liberal than the, than the domestic migrants. In other words, uh, the people who are coming here from overseas are less likely to put up with some of this uh, crazy left-wing uh, you know, cancel culture and, and wokeism that we're seeing now. And again, I think might be uh, persuaded uh, to uh, flip parties, uh, given that they're not culturally uh, to the left. Maybe there's hope out there. Chuck DeVore, everyone. Thank I you, Chuck. Thank you. Listen to me. Don't take the time to learn your, to use your weapon safely and then go practice with it on the range. Make sure you're fast and deadly with it. Spend the money on the weapon. Spend the money on the ammo. Do all the right things, right? Don't do all the right things and then walk into a big box hunting store and get some holster that was mass produced in China somewhere. If you're going to take the time to carry a weapon, to learn to use it safely, to learn, learn to be proficient with it. Get a custom-made holster, an American-made holster from Northwest Retention Systems. I highly recommend you, ch you check out their best-selling Scout chest holster, by the way. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 10% off. We'll be back. Stephen Fink, Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump all commemorated D-Day anniversaries on D-Day, on the D-Day anniversary. Why didn't President Biden? Well, I can tell you that certainly the uh, val his value for the role that men and uh, the men who served uh, on D-Day uh, and the memory of them, uh, the families who have uh, kept their memories uh, alive over the course of years on this day is something the president has spoke to many, many times in the past. Um, it's close to his heart, uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more we would have to say on it. Yesterday, June 6th, that was the 77th anniversary of D-Day, and We've talked before about why Democrats seem to miss the mark when it comes to these important days, right? Why they, why they miss the mark? I mean, look, President Biden gave a speech on D-Day, on the 77th anniversary of D-Day. Do you want to hear how he commemorated the event? Here's how it went. No graduating class gets to choose the world in which they graduate. Every class enters the history of the nation up to the point that has been written by others. As we put this pandemic behind us, rebuild our economy, root out systemic racism, and tackle climate change, 
We're addressing the great crises of our time with a greater sense of purpose than ever before. And because of you, your generation, I've never been more optimistic about the future than I am today. Really touches the heart, doesn't it? But remember, they missed the mark because it's not politics to them. Communism is their god. They don't know how to set it aside. Can you set aside your god? How bad is it? Well, I've said this repeatedly and I'll say it again. It's not just that America's universities are communists. It's that our top universities are communists. So we have people funneling through places like Harvard and Yale, and they're going right into Fortune 500 companies, and they're going into the Senate, and they're going into the presidency. The leaders of our country are being educated by people like this New York psychiatrist who said this to Yale. White people make my blood boil. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, daring their body, and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless. With a bouncing like that, like I did the world a favor. So white people are out of their minds and they have been for a long time. America's top universities are teaching that. Be careful where you send your kids. All right, you're going to enjoy next. We have a light in the mood that is gonna put a smile on your face. We'll be right back. It's time to lighten the mood. It's time for some baseball. <laughs> That's my kind of baseball right there. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.